I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts. Christian Bush. I have some, uh, well, let's just hear some entertainment. <laughs> you know, once I had a fight in a toilet, serious shit went down. <sighs> Lord. I hope my 10 year old doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> okay. We'll go more towards your 10 year old, right? <laughs> what type of doctor is Dr. Pepper? What type is that? He's a physician. <sighs> Pax would like to shit joke better. <laughs> okay, this one uh, might be better written down, but I'm going to deliver it anyway because All right, well, yeah, I know just, it's going to spark conversation. Yeah, try. The Indian restaurant I work for is so secretive, I had to sign a legal agreement that I wouldn't share the flatbed res- flatbread recipe. Just their standard non-disclosure agreement. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Particularly like how you exaggerated the word nah. Well, I, it's written that way. So if I was to say it's just their standard non-disclosure agreement, then it wouldn't be as funny. No, you're right. You had you had to do uh, that. Because it's yeah. written as non. And so there's probably some people like, I don't understand the difference in your homonym, sir. Correct. That would be N-O-N as in, please don't disclose this information versus N-A-A-N, which is a genius piece of um, sometimes covered in garlic butter mm-hmm. uh, uh bread served with indian food did you like that i had to explain that well yes <laughs> you did a very thorough job so uh for today's episode um this is the reason i bring this up is yes. uh both songs uh are the quality that i'm connecting them with is this mm-hmm. idea that i acted like i knew what i was talking about about a topic <laughs> I mean, I was completely full of shit. <laughs> See how I bought myself cursing by doing it in a joke. And then, yeah. well, if it's already there, you might as well just say it twice. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of this idea of having to call yourself on your own BS. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that I knew something about this topic and it turns out I don't. You have to be honest with yourself. So, which so you're, topic is that? <laughs> I saw your brain go because I've seen your eyes do this before, <laughs> and you were like, "Gosh, what topic do I BS about?" That I, and she's she Cindy's face is like registering all topics she knows all things about. <laughs> There's no nothing that she has ever BSed her way through. Nothing, especially not these podcasts. Especially not these podcasts. <laughs> Okay, well, the two songs uh, the, uh, that we're, we're listening to this week, the first one is uh, on 52 this year. It's called What Love Is. And I, I wrote it with Phil Barton and, and Liz Rose. And um, it's a very heady topic. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to explain how you do know what love is. Well, that's the genius part about the song is that um, as we co- you know became co-writers here in this moment when we were coming up with sort of 
the way the song was going to unfold, what we realized is that all three of us had different ideas. Mm. And instead of trying to use the Venn diagram of what we all agreed on, mm-hmm. we kind of gravitated toward the idea of what if it's all these things? Yeah. And then, of course, I am the kind of writer that would say, yes, let's do that. Like, let's, uh, that's fertile ground for let me go dive in. And these two other co writers are some of the most successful writers in right. Nashville, which the reason they're successful is because they keep you from writing the song that's not going to end up on the radio and they instead write the song that will. Right. So uh, Liz has written from Girl Crush all the way through okay. to early Taylor Swift things. And Phil Barton is like the next version, literally, of Liz Rose. Like he's written hits for people in every country on earth. You know, Liz is going to the Hall of Fame this year. I know. I saw that. I just wrote that story. I've, I, I did. That is a trivia question. If anybody wants to try to answer it, how many Hall of Fame songwriters did I write with for 52? How many did you write with? Richard I can't Fitton? answer that right now or nobody's going to win it. That feels like a press release to me. <laughs> You're so good at this. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm pairing it with a, a song from my rock band, Dark Water, mm-hmm. uh, called Ruth. And um, it has a similar sort of origination story of me thinking I knew what I was talking about and realized how little I knew about what I was talking about. So this is like... Uh, a giant moment, a giant win for children everywhere, calling their dads on dad's explanations. <laughs> Both of these songs are me having to roll over and admit I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I feel like with Ruth, it's easy enough to look up with the other one. Gosh. Right. Well, let's let's dive into this first one. Let's do um, it. This is called What Love Is. And it's I remember when we wrote this. I was playing, and I know my co-writers are telling you this, I was playing my iPad. You are playing your iPad. I One of the things that I love to do is download instruments that have just been invented on the iPad apps and mm-hmm. play it with my fingers, you know, just play on the iPad because I know how to make songs and I love forcing myself to write on instruments I don't know how to play because it keeps it simple. Yeah. Because if you can play all the notes... I mean, you probably know great guitar players. You love guitar players. If they can play all the notes, the the hardest thing to do with people like that is to get them to only play one or two of them. That's right. It's to get them to not play all the all notes. All the notes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same thing with great singers. You know, like Jennifer, you can sing every single possible version of this thing. But everything we've succeeded on is things that are barely five or six notes. You know, it's not that you can, it's that you sing these, right? <laughs> Vince Gill, gosh, this has no place, but I always love this quote. He told me a couple of weeks ago, he's like, when he was young, his goal was to play as many notes as possible. And now that he's older, his goal is to make people feel something with as few notes as possible. There you go. I like so, old Vince Gill's now my favorite person. Well. OVG. OVG. <laughs> <laughs> yep. OGVG. Right. OGVG. I like it. All right. Well, here it is. Uh, uh, Christian's humbling. Christian's humbling. <laughs> Stop number one on the bus. Uh, this is called What Love Is from 52 This Year. 
fingertips Like a midnight cigarette that burns Love will talk, love will tell Be your heaven, be your hell Always the greatest lesson that never learned you Love's a laugh and you're the clown Saves your life and lets you down It don't feel it even when it hurts you So what is love? It's everything It's bended knees and diamond rings Summer days and thunderstorms and lightning You build it on starry skies Shaky ground, crazy fights Reason for the story that you're writing That's what love is That's what love is That's what love is It's kisses in a picture frame Feeling that you give a name A thousand miles of driving on a heartbeat It's obvious, it's a mystery Makes you blind and makes you see Do in the white sand in your bare feet It's the reason that you don't go down an old street So what is love? It's everything It's bended knees and diamond rings Summer days and thunderstorms and lightning You build it on starry skies Shaky ground and crazy fires Reason for the story that you write in the backseat at the drive That's what love is 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 Beggar's prayer Love is a double dare Love is funny i'm listening to it and i find myself going i agree with that i, I don't agree with that yeah no it's not that good is that yeah no maybe well right yeah that's exactly what we, what we were doing when we were yeah. writing it it's so interesting there's there's stuff in there that makes me mad like love's the enemy it's the only thing you'll ever need and i was like at times i probably felt like both those things are true 
but they can't be true together. Well, it's, do you know what I mean? It, they, a lot of this stuff feels like, and of course, if you know me, there's no such version of life that's bare feet on a white sand kind. That's not my game, but yeah. it's not wrong. Right. Well, and, and I'm listening to it and it's like, you know, love is a bended knee and a diamond ring. I'm like, no, it's not. That's, it's a mistake teenagers make when they think that <laughs> that's what love is. No, it's not. And you know, love is not walking down that street. Yeah. That's, uh, don't go down the wrong street. Yeah. That's, that's that is. true. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're equally. So here's what I think is curious about this topic. Why I had to call BS on myself is that mm-hmm. I believe at different times in my life, all of these have been true. I can see that. But when you add them up and you put them together, like you're summing them somehow, they don't all fit at any one time. Yeah. In your life. And I think that's a curious conversation where I'm not, we're asking the question. We're not by trying to answer it and failing. (laughs) We're asking the right question. (laughs) Right. And some sort of weird upside down cake. That song feels like 20 years from now will still be valuable. No, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Because we sat and wrote it with sort of this strange reality where we knew we didn't have the answer. <laughs> right. Because cause the answer is probably different for everyone. I, I'm sure. I know it's different for me now than it was even six months ago. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. There, I think there's there's something about... Um, calling yourself on your assumptions, the things you think, you know, (laughs) and I think that feels like to me, the older I get, the more I realize how much I don't know, or I assumed that I did, or in a lot of ways, it's just something I read somewhere. It's not necessarily something I know yet. Yeah. I haven't really gone through some of the things, you know? So, uh, I, for me, it's just a very interesting, and the production on that's really fun because it's cool. It's super, it's super cool. cool. And I I hadn't listened to it in a minute, and I remember having the conversation with everybody involved. They were they were like, "Why are you doing it this way?" Because there are many other versions of this song. Mm. Um, and I said, "I'm doing it this way because I, first of all, uh, it was an ongoing experiment to see if the song even mattered." Because I, I liked the words to it and I liked, but it was, it's a song that, um, feels very hypnotic. It does. But man, I think it's a conversation that people in all different stages of relationships have all the time. How do you know? How do you know what love is? How do you know when you love somebody or they love you or that you're in love and what's the difference and what does that look? I mean, gosh, when did this change? Yeah. Yeah. When did it change? And you know, and how many, you know, there's the whole like love language book, you know, if your love language is different than their love language, then nobody feels loved. So you have to listen to the song to figure it out. <laughs> I love this. I love your marketing. <laughs> it's so good. No matter where you are. In, we got you covered. In, in the, <laughs> and if you're at the peak or the nadir, we, yeah. we're we here for you. We got it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to me that production wise, what I, I challenged everybody to do was treat it like a dream. Like, is there a way that when you leave the song, it has very little, if any, relationship to the beginning of the song, but you've traveled through it in one direction. You, there's no 
flipping and repeating. So musically, the only thing that holds you through it is the rhythm and um, the acoustic guitar, which is side chained, which if you're an engineer geek, you've just realized I sang chained an acoustic guitar, which is the silliest possible, but also now you're never going to not try it. <laughs> um, fun thing to do. And I think it was my brother's idea to do that. Um, and then everything is sung in these like three and four part whisper harmonies through the whole song. So everything feels like someone's just right on your shoulder, whispering the information while this technicolor dreams going on in front of you. And I never do. I sing over a certain decibel level. <laughs> like it is, <laughs> it's, it's tiny and it's odd. And I, I love that about modern music, like modern indie music. They change, they give each thing you're listening to a different room. I live from depth from your eyes. If you were to close your eyes, some things are super close to you and some things are super far away. And so I went experimenting with putting the vocal right up next to you, like right here. And, uh, and then the rest of the music in some sort of, you know, yeah, you know, I love these, um, lava lamps, right? It, yeah. So the whole song feels like you're watching a blue lava lamp. Going it's a circle. sonic lava lamp. <laughs> So I'm comparing it this week to Ruth. And now you, you've heard me play this song a couple times, yes. right? What do you know about the story of Ruth? Before I go into my. Oh, I think you should just go into it. Okay. Well, it's been a minute since. Okay. So uh, the story of Ruth, I, the, the story of the song is um, I, it, because it's dark water, I'm only allowed to write lyric and melody. Okay. So in the, I guess in the current, uh, uh, conversational uh, nomenclature of songwriting that would be called top lining, mm -hmm. right? Which means someone else is taking care of the music. You just put the melody in the words, right? Um, if you can imagine, it's like the karaoke track with no words on the screen, <laughs> right? And you're just making up what you think should go there. All right. Um, it's typically a part of more pop music that that way to do things. But we thought in dark water because Brandon and Benji, my, my, my band members, my co-band members in that band are so good at making music that makes you feel something that it was a real challenge. Cause I had to like surf the feelings of the music. Mm -hmm. So, um, the bands that you know, that have done this, this way, REM did it this way. They would bring him, Michael the music and he would just make up words until he'd have a notebook. Uh, you two did this this way. So the whole band would make the songs and bring it to Bono. And he would then just add lyrics and melodies where he heard them. Um, David Bowie was similar to this. So a lot of very successful music is made this way. We just don't think about it because we live in Nashville and Nashville writes the words yeah. first. It is the song. You could just disappear the instruments and replace it with a piano instead of a guitar or whatever. It wouldn't matter. The song is the melody and the word. Yes. So in Ruth, that was my challenge. So I, I, I remember taking the kids to school and it might've been just Camille because I think Tucker was driving already. And when I came home, I had had way too much coffee <laughs> and uh, I decided I was going to sit down with the music they had sent me the day before. And I had just nothing, just empty, but kiss, like zero. How often are you just empty? I 
think it was the caffeine, but yeah. I, I was actually one of those things I'd had. I remember that time of my life was full of a lot of emotions. And so I kind of welcomed the empty. <laughs> yeah. So I was, it was a nice peaceful morning. And in that sort of emptiness, it was a very melodically, there was, there were a lot of chord movements in this song. So I was like, what, I have to find something that's going to be the same all the time because the chords are going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I picked up the paper because I was brainless and I started reading an article about something and the, 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 it was the New York times, I think. And the writer was referencing the story, the biblical story of Ruth. And I kept reading the article as if I understood his references because I don't know, I just knew the name. Right. And I have a couple of friends named Ruth. And when those people would tell me what their name meant, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, um, especially a lot of Jewish families name their children Jewish names, you know, and Ruth is a very, you know, it's an Old Testament situation. So it's uh, the the girls that I knew named named Ruth were both of them were Jewish and they were like, Oh yeah, this is the kindest. They're like, this is a, this is a very, um, it carries a connotation of, uh, a woman or a person who is just the biggest hearted. Yeah. Right. And, um, I kind of acted during the reading of this article, like I knew what I was talking about. And then I got like two thirds of the way down and I realized not only do I not know what I'm talking about, nor do I really understand this guy's metaphor, but I have been faking it that I do for so long that I felt embarrassed. And I was like, okay, I'm hyper caffeinated. I still can't write these lyrics. I'll avoid writing them again by diving into what is the actual story of Ruth. And so when you type things in the internet, this strange reality happens where you get information in the, you know this because you're the one generating <laughs> a lot of this stuff you get information wrapped in someone's opinion before you get the information well now hang on you when do. you're actually when when you do when you're a journalist and you're not an opinion writer and if you do your job well you do not get my opinion that's my two cents i'll get off my well I, I just i I'm not a seminary student. I, you know, I took religious, like comparative religion, maybe in college, which was mm -hmm. cool. It was just the first time I'd been to like, you know, a Hindu temple or, or to a, a Baha'i faith temple or something like, I just didn't, I, I finally under like got a, a an inkling of mm -hmm. the other, right. of, of how all this stuff works. But, um, and I'd been to a synagogue as a kid. I've been to, a, a you know, a a Catholic service. I'd been to yeah, some things, but you know, in Sevierville, it was a big deal. And the Bush family met, left the Baptist church, went to the Methodist church. We thought the world was over. And that's just across the street. And that's just across the freaking street. Yeah. Uh, so this idea of me not knowing about Ruth, having one, like the we blows God and country badge that I had as a kid. Um, <laughs> what? you're a you're you're a female what? you don't know what weeblos are do you no. so before you're a boy scout you're a weeblo scout after you're a cub scout oh okay it's a it's a place you move through oh my god i thought it was a weeble got, wobble uh, you know. oh. 
You thought you thought that maybe I was I didn't know what it was. I get knocked over and I don't fall down. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. With God. God knocks you over, but you don't fall down. So you got <laughs> Is that where you went? Yeah, that's where I went. Oh god. I'm gonna stop now. See what I did? <gasps> hmm. Okay then. Go on. So So I I had falsely uh, represented to myself that I knew the story of Ruth. Yes. So I went digging through the internet. Um, and it took me a while to find a less studied version, like closer to just give me the facts. Right. And I kind of got lost for a minute the way the internet does. You get down a rabbit hole and you can't find a way back. And I, I started reading the, the, the story and, and, getting further and further into it. And I did not realize how bad Ruth's life was. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't just like a, what we're used to, which is, you know, you watch a show, a movie and the main character starts out in trouble and gets worse and worse and worse. And then finally they're redeemed. This story was like the epic 30, 40 year version of it. Of this woman's life where she married a guy. I mean, I'm really paraphrasing here, but she married this guy. He dies. She's got to take care of the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law is starving. She can't eat. You now got to leave your country and go to another country. You go over there. You still can't eat. You find some guy in a field. You let him rape you so that you can talk talk him into marrying you so that you can then provide food for your mother-in-law from your ex-husband who died because you've been a widower. And like, it was that's just the first half. Right. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Right. And I thought this woman's life is just terrible. I can't even read this anymore. Now I feel like crap. I don't want to read. I don't want to write lyrics right now. Like this is. <laughs> Jeez, man. I And then I, I just kind of stepped away from it for a second and as I was like, did the thing that you see in the movies, you bring up the blank cursor on the blank page where you haven't written anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, geez, man, I don't even know how I'm going to recover from that. And I was like, God, I mean, couldn't one good thing happen to her? And then I was like, huh, Christian, you're a freaking writer. Why don't you just change the story? <laughs> like literally give yourself a fantasy version where it turns out right for Ruth. Right. And then I was like, sure, man. What would, you know, how would I start that? And I was just still caffeinated past my safe space. (laughs) And I was like, well, what would Springsteen do right here? You know, he, and, and the first thing he'd do is he'd call her out. Like he did Wendy and, you know, Mm -hmm. Thunder road or something. Uh, and then in this this song just happened. And it it came out as just the first few lines. And then I just laughed at myself. And I was like, I wonder how good I could make it for her. And then I thought, well, I probably need to stay true to the story so that it is a disclosure. If you try to put, if you draw all the right lines together, you can find out that I'm talking about the biblical story of Ruth, not just some person named Ruth. Right. Except it's yes and. And if I could create a fantasy fan fiction version of the Bible, right, where I, I can take you go to hell for that. No, no. If if I could give Ruth a good ending, how do I do it? 
And then when I went and played this for Brandon and Benji, they looked at me like sideways, like, that is beautiful. What is that about again? And so I think the beauty of the melody is a thing that holds these lyrics in a way that made all three of us super proud of what we just made. But I didn't realize how like inside baseball the lyrics were until later because I wrote them without having an instrument in my hand. The instrument I had was words. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing words throughout this. This is the only thing I had to play with. So here's that's from Darkwater's first record uh, because the second record's coming out soon. Um, and it's self-titled record. This is Ruth. Brothers come to kick my ass We could make the red line six o'clock If we throw our bags and jump You're the kindest person that I know Hurry up, it's time to go There's nothing left to scrape together In this town anymore Outlive all your lovers But don't count me out just yet If we make it to California We might just find out how lucky we can get Ruth, I know it's been kind of rough How about we start a country Maybe one day they'll write a book About how far we can take it Well, I'll run all those debts and pain And the rumble of that brakeman's train I know we're both born to escape I know our eyes don't want to stay open But I know that we can get there As long as we keep
love that song. I really do too. <laughs> <laughs> I and I, uh, but it, it felt so good to give her like a absolutely one yeah. good day. Yeah, and then I got carried away, and then you know. But I I love that a couple of things. I love that Brian and Benji trust me with that. Yeah. And I love that they're so good at what they do making music that evokes a certain feeling. Yeah. Because that feels like a very traditionally shaped song. It does. And uh, which means they built that in. Yeah. But then there's all sorts of like. I don't know. There's uh, like that time through. I heard the the reference that I put into maybe our kids can fix the problems. That it looks like we keep making up. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I I thought was interesting. I remember when writing the song was there was talk of you know when Ruth immigrated as a widower and went seeking a new marriage right in order to provide for her mother-in-law and all sorts of stuff that somehow in that became her very early being a part of the 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 family of king david Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden if you do the language math she is a relational grandmother to jesus (laughs) right right that's your grandmother and then i thought well what would that be like if you if you had the best wish in the world, well, maybe our kids can fix the problems that we keep making up. So think about all of this story that's somebody that's had a terrible life. And the last hope you've got is your progeny and their progeny, right? And what if you got lucky enough that you created a place that could hold the house of that? (laughs) You know, it's very interesting when you put people in perspective, yeah. Of their own lives. I mean, I do that with my parents now that they both passed. I think about what was it like for them to, you know, now I can see a lot of their life. Right. That I couldn't see before. Cause you know, that's true. Kid, parents don't tell their kids what's always going on in their life. They're trying to protect them out of this right information. And sometimes you can't see it until you step far away from it. You can get the whole picture of something. And I just, it was heartbreaking to hear the whole picture of Ruth to right. enough that I wanted to rewrite it. And it just came out lovely. Thank you. I, I like but when I was putting the song up, you were like, you know, what's really weird about you, Christian. I was like, what? <laughs> that when you're empty, that you're making a song about that. Well, it's like you, you just decided you're going to go on in there and rewrite the Bible. <laughs> you know. Well, no, I got nothing today. Let's, let's rewrite the Bible and <laughs> turn it into a rock song. That's not really what I had in mind, but uh, oh, Lord. Oh, see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I should quit while I'm ahead right here, or at least way behind. And we thought this was going to be a serious one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, you know, I, I guess it became a thing because on this same record sits one of my favorite creations that I have had to date with Dark Water called Goliath. And uh, so you have Ruth and Goliath. I know. I, Goliath, I think, maybe came first, but I didn't mean it to be. I just liked the idea of reversing the concept of this giant 
that just comes in and destroys things. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I liked the idea of turning the light onto this. Uh, Goliath is this particular character's name, and he's a very small person, but he has a giant heart. Mm. instead of being a giant person with a tiny heart. Yeah. So I, I reversed it. But um, it's one of the fun things about Dark Water is you can walk into the depths of stuff you can't do, or at least I hadn't thought I could do in commercial country music. Right. And uh, lyrically, there's a lot of freedom in that. So if if as a listener, if you don't know Dark Water and this is your first exposure to it, you should go, you know, Go dive in. <laughs> Apparently, I'm quick today. You are. Is this really happening? Um, well, thank you for joining. Is there anything that you think now that you've heard this whole episode go by that you have made assumptions that you know about that you, in fact, have been BSing the whole time? And as a listener, you can ask yourself that same question. I don't know. I still, I still think, I think the love conversation is really interesting because I do think it looks like something different. Even I think the lines in the song can mean different things than what you intended them to mean. You know, for me, like, don't go down, I'm not going to go down that road. Well, it's because something happened in that particular road with somebody that I cared about and I don't really want to revisit it because it hurts, which must mean, you know, they, were really special to me and you're like figuratively don't go down the wrong road and i'm taking it very literally and i, I just think oh, that yeah. the more that you know huh. the, the the i think that's a song that you can listen to a whole lot of times just like we talked about and hear something different every time so what you're saying is you've been bsing yourself about love well i've definitely had that inner conversation a lot lately <laughs> yeah well it makes sense i mean we all sh- to whatever degree should be, should be Right. Like, because I, you know, and I think you're right. I think it, it probably means something different to you depending on what stage of life that you're in. Yeah. And maybe depending on the person that you're with or not with, you right. know, it looks different. It's very weird. We are very emotional creatures, aren't we? Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The Southern Pisces. You know, if my family's not going to be in the food business, might as well be in the song business. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Either got to eat or you're going to have emotions. That's One true. or the other or both. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take up the Bush Brothers thing another day. Very good. All right. Till next week. All right, bye. Bye. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here, Cindy Watts, and we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Fifty Two. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram Twitter and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.